you're struggling getting started, serve investors work with them, maybe consider contributing your commissions every now and then to be part of the deal. And at least you get a small chunk of a big piece of pie. Hey, it's JP. Hi, it's Excel. And you're listening to Terry Shower on the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. I'm here today with Gary Wilson. Gary Wilson is the founder host of the Massive Passive Cashflow podcast. I got that right. And the author of the new book, Global Investor Agent. Correct. So Gary, why don't you, by way of introduction, tell us a little bit about your journey that has led you to be on the show today. What are we doing here? Sure. I was really fortunate that when I was in college, my very first experience in college was taking the entrance exams when you go to figure out where they're going to place you and, and, you know, English and math and so forth. And I met a guy named Socrates who ended up becoming my roommate and one of my best friends in life, whose dad was a big investor. This was down in Virginia. And I've lived in Canada, lived in the U.S. for over the years, but this particular time of life was in Virginia. And in Canada, we refer to it as university. In the States, it can mean university and or college, right? So... In any case, when we graduated, we were going to go rent, just like most people that used to know. His dad said, you are not going to rent. You want to buy a house and you're going to make money on it. Well, in our minds, we're thinking, hey, we're living near the beach. Let's go get a place for the beach. So we found this two-bedroom condo and, uh, you know, block from the ocean. We're like, man, we're going to live the life. You know, we're geniuses. We got jobs making money and you know, we're going to have parties. And we called his dad. I could still today hear his dad over the phone, like spit coming out of his mouth saying, you're idiots. Get out of that deal. So he helped us get out of the deal. And he came down and helped us find a four-bedroom, two-bathroom ranch that we house hacked. This was back before house hacking was a term. So we rented out the other two rooms, and those two uh, guys' rents covered our mortgage payments. So, so get this. And this is unique because in, in the States, you can assume mortgages. You can still assume mortgages in the States quite readily. You have to qualify now, whereas before you didn't. So we assumed the owner's first mortgage. He was a Navy veteran, so he had a v, it was called a VA mortgage. We assumed it, refinanced the second one. He had he had a second mortgage refinanced, and then we got gave him a note for the third a third note for the remaining equity. In any case, fast forward, when I was 35 years old, I realized I should have done what Mr. Demet had told me to do, which is keep buying real estate. And I finally did because I did not like the corporate world. I was not born to be sitting behind a desk in a corporate office. So I did that and then retired when I was 40 years old from the corporate world, ultimately built a brokerage business to serve investors a property management business to manage those properties, an appraisal business and a title business. Um, eventually sold most of those or merged them because I learned I like to build businesses. I just don't like to manage them. It was about that time that I met my beautiful, wonderful, now ex-wife, <laughs> um, who's a professor. I won't give you her name, but uh, uh, in London, Ontario. So I lived in London for a bit and became familiar with uh, Canadian real estate in Ontario and in Quebec provinces, both. I, I was going back and forth teaching and helping people invest in joint venturing and things like that. Lots of similarities, but some definitely some distinct differences. Um, what I want to talk about today will absolutely serve investors in the Montreal area and beautiful area, by the way. I've been there many times, eaten lots of good food, went up to Montreal and uh, skied and played Frisbee golf and paintball. And we also did, a, we went to a racetrack and raced Ferraris and Lamborghinis and things like that. And I uh, just fell in love with it. I, I, I can't wait to get back. It's you know been a while since the pandemic, but um, I'll be back up there again soon. So that that's really what got me to where I am now. So what I do now, guys, is I train agents, real estate agents, to work with you and I, the investor. Because when I got into the business, I realized most agents were not trained to service. They're helping us buy and sell their own homes, which is great. 
But when it came to investing, you know, as well as I do, there's a different set of terminology and methodology that we need to learn. And we need agents to learn that too. So I've created a platform to accomplish that. And it's making it so much easier for us investors to be successful, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that then uh, easily like segues into kind of the next thing that I want to ask mm -hmm. you about. So Global Investor Agent, the book, and you've kind of got this methodology, this approach, this business model that works by, I guess, recruiting agents, making them understand what it means to service the investor business. And then, so just tell me a little bit about that. Like, how do you recruit your agents? How do they then do outreach? And what's the value add for investors to work with the agents that you train? Yeah. Well, actually, a couple of things here. So what I recognize is investors are inherently entrepreneurial and just like business owners, because we are, in fact, business owners if, you're, if you own real estate. And a lot of agents were also entrepreneurial, but they did not own real estate. So the initial mission, if you will, for me was, got in real estate brokerage simply because I, I wasn't getting the service I thought I should get from the agents. I thought, well, I'll solve that. I'll get my license and do it myself. And that's when I discovered how lacking the industry was. This was now you know, 20 years ago, and it's, it's gotten a lot better. But my mission was to teach the agents how to invest in real estate and learn in the, on the, in the field with the investors and implement what I'm teaching them in the field with other investors. So they learn the methodology and through implementation, right? But they also earn more commissions because I'm sure you know, like I do, as investors, we don't just stop at one property. On average, we'll bring in four transactions. So I'm thinking, okay, these agents are not going to make an average of four times as many commissions per client as they would with under occupants. They're learning how to invest. Or I'm teaching them and they're implementing in the field on the job training so they only can invest themselves. So if you're an investor out there and you're struggling to get started, you don't, you, you don't have the capital in Canada. See, it's different in Canada, more difficult to get finance. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's actually smarter than what we do in the States. In Canada, what we do is uh, we don't sell our mortgages. We don't have a secondary market. So it's incumbent upon the lenders to do more due diligence and make the lending terms more like commercial terms. You know, you have a five-year reset on most of your mortgages and, you know, you've got to have really good credentials to get a mortgage. That's the way it should be everywhere. Canada is like a great model for that. Well, a lot of people don't have that kind of capital. So my suggestion is if you're an investor and you can't get started, just get your license, get your real estate license, you know, learn how to invest, implement that in the field with other investors. So you start the cash flow coming in, the commissions coming in, right? And now you've got the, the learning and the earning power to go invest yourself. That was the initial mission. What we recognize is the investors don't always want to get their license. The ones who are successful, they had the money to start with. They don't want to get their license, you know, and they love working with investors, excuse me, working with agents who knew how to serve them. So it really serves two types of investors, beginning investor coming on board and getting their license and seasoned investors who really need people like these investor agents who know the terminology, the methodology, they know how to analyze the property and how to help negotiate the, the deal on the property. That's what we need as investors. And that's what we created. So, We've had investors go from buying duplexes and triplexes and fourplexes to buying 100 unit buildings in a matter of a few short years by doing this, by working with the right kind of agent who has the tools and the strategies and everything they need to service. That's really the big benefit you know, for the mm -hmm. investors. So tell me a little bit about this, because what strikes me as interesting is, mm -hmm. you know, I have my broker's license and in listening to you talk, I feel like intuitively that's kind of a bit been my own trajectory, right? Like the main hat that I always wore was of the property manager, but going through there, 
the joints, a lot of the joint ventures that I have now were people that I initially sold properties to. And then further down the line, I became, you know, the first resource that they talk to when it comes to discussing joint ventures, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe you could just spell that out a little bit. So I'm somebody who wants to get into investing. I have no experience. And Gary says, okay, I'm going to go get my real estate license here in, mm -hmm. in Quebec right now. It's about a one year. It's a one year course. It's pretty time intensive mm -hmm. and it takes a fair bit of money. But so how should I look at that and what's my game plan so i go out and get my real estate license then i have my permit what do i do on day two what's my next like what's your method like what's my sure. one two three yeah i'll give you a couple things to do for everybody listening just treat this like a class my nature is to teach that's what, what i do so one of the methods that we use to help get the word out and create a brand and a model for an investor agent is to create what we call a booklet it's not a newsletter. It's actually based on, loosely based on what financial planners use. So if you ever meet a financial planner, you go in for, you get a postcard or a brochure, or somehow or another, you set an appointment. You go in there, once they do their due diligence, now they're interviewing you. It may seem like a conversation, but believe me, they're interviewing you, doing due diligence. When they feel like you're qualified, they'll give you what's called an investor booklet, right? And in there, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things that you normally invest in as an investor, non-real estate, by the way, all I did, Terry, is I took that model of a booklet, and instead of putting in their stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, I put in their examples of recent duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, or even flips from the marketplace. They're easy to find because they're all in the MLS systems, right? I mean, not all of them, but enough of them are. And the flips are always on there because, let's face it, when a consumer flips when a free home, they put it on the MLS because they want more people looking at it and making multiple offers and driving the price up. So we put those examples before and after in these booklets, and then we identify people who are more likely to invest. And I'll give you some of those groups right now. This is a big one-on-one -on -one lesson, okay? One of the top groups of investors happen to be dentists. Dentists mm -hmm. are highly educated. They're business owners. Often they own multiple practices, right, in, in different towns and neighborhoods. They understand profit and loss and income and expense, and they understand how to feel, think, speak, and act like a business. So real estate resonates with that. So the dental, dental association is a great place to start. You can actually join your local dental association as a vendor, right? And have access to all of them. Or if you don't want to do that, Google dentist in Montreal and you'll get all the dentists popping up in there. So they're easy to locate and you send in these booklets. You can even drop it off at their place of practice if you wish. I used to do that too. That's one thing. That's another thing is form a community of investors around you. And by the way, I did this myself, but as an investor, I formed an investor community around me, not to serve them. I had my license, but I had no intention to use my license for anybody but me, at least in the beginning. And after about 100 people requesting that I help them using my license, I thought, well, maybe God's trying to tell me something. So I said, okay, I'll say yes. Funny, funny story, by the way. So I'm teaching this class on a Saturday, 25 people are there, it was the average classroom size. And at first I said, look, I know some of you are going to ask me to help you because I have a license and I can be your realtor. I don't really do that. However, I decided I can take two of you on as clients. I'll just take on two of you. Well, I'll learn a valuable lesson in marketing. What happens when you tell a group of 25 people that only two of them can do the thing they all want to do? Well, it creates scarcity and urgency. And I basically was able to command you know, a minimum commission and, and do things like that. I made sure I got paid because I didn't want to do that as a job. But here's what I found out. To me, it's way more fun going out there and finding the deal. It's like the hunt. I love the thrill of the hunt. I love hunting down and finding these good deals. When it came to traditional owner occupants, 
I had no interest in pointing out the pretty carpet and the chandeliers. It bored me to tears. And those people were generally very indecisive, right? Investors are usually more decisive. They are more successful. They understand money. So I just migrated towards the investors. But in any case, that led me to create a community group of investors around the area, mainly to do joint ventures. So this is what I'm getting back to, Terry, in the beginning of your, your question. When you have a license and you're working with investors, sometimes they'll ask you, hey, would you like to contribute your commission to be part of this deal? I used to say no. And I finally realized maybe I should be saying yes to that too. And as long as it's okay with your broker and you properly structure it, um, you can do that. So if, again, if you're struggling getting started, serve investors, work with them, maybe consider contributing your commissions every now and then to be part of the deal. And at least you get a small chunk of a big piece of pie. And that's nobody's anybody that starts owning a hundred unit building. You know, if you're like me, I started off with small little properties and I worked my way up. But if you can be part of a bigger property, right? It will, you'll learn a lot more about buying bigger properties, by the way, but also get you in a different crowd of people who are generally more sophisticated and more well capitalized. And that's the kind of people you want to hang around. Remember the old saying, your level of success is going to be associated with the five people that you're closest to you. You know, in any case, there's one more thing about that. When you form a group, it's a great way to form partnerships. So other investors will group together to buy a bigger building. Like Terry, you and I can maybe each buy a fourplex, but collectively we can maybe buy a 16plex, right? So what happens is let's say you're not even part of that deal and you're an investor agent. You'll serve that group of four or eight people buying this big building, 20 units, 50 units, whatever. So they're the owners of this building and maybe you're not the owner, but you're getting a big giant commission as a result, you know? So that's the other advantage when you form this community group it allows you to access to more people and like-minded, they get to know you and like you and trust you and vice versa. That's one of the big advantages. Um, the third thing we do is we use a letter. It's a handwritten letter. We Sometimes we type it, but we handwrite the recipient's address. We always hand sign it. And there's different rules. And just like in the States, there's different rules in different provinces. Even within the provinces, like in Toronto, it has its own set of rules within the province of Ontario, right? So you got to satisfy both sets of rules. In Montreal, there's no reason why you can't send people letters. And in the letter, all you say is, you know, dear Mr. or Mrs. Smith, uh, we actually use first name, by the way. We use first name except for doctors. We always refer to them as doctor. But let's, let's say, dear Terry, I'm writing to you about your property located at 123 Main Street. I'm not suggesting you sell your property if you don't want to. However, I've got clients like Mr. Wilson who are interested in properties, in this case, fourplexes, just like yours. Even if you're just curious about your property would sell for, please let me know. I'll be glad to give you a free evaluation. And folks, there's no reason in the world why you can't send a letter like that, okay? And you can't cold call them, but you can send them a letter. And that's one of the techniques we use. Very specific, very targeted. We know who they are. We know what they own. And then we approach them about potentially selling. And that's a good deal sometimes, you know? So those are three key things. The booklet, the workshop or community group, if you want to call it a community group, and a letter. And it doesn't require you to have fancy software. You don't have to spend lots of money on social media. You can do all those things. We teach all that. But the reality is we always start off with the basics because it's easy to understand. It's proven and it works everywhere. You know. Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. 
In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how can you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, mindfullandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. Okay, that's, uh, I find that very, uh, very enlightening. First of all, uh, that you've, how can I say, systematized this thing that like, I feel like, like a lot of people end up mm-hmm. doing. And I think, you know, even uh, mortgage brokers I know who are in the investment space, a lot of them are investors and mortgage brokers at the same time. And so mm-hmm. it becomes this way of, um, you know, building up some active income at the same way as passive income, but also, you know, having a client base, finding venture partnerships, um, and also mm-hmm. vetting people. You know, I see mortgage brokers also implementing like this kind of strategy. And, you know, it, it was on the vetting process, right? So like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to start doing joint ventures with somebody who walks in off the street and is like, oh, Terry, I heard you on a podcast, right? Like that doesn't mean that tomorrow I want to sign some kind of a deal with them and be in mm-hmm. business together. And so this like, when you work with someone, it allows you to get a feel for what's their way of doing business. How does the animal behave? And then through that vetting process, you can see, is this actually somebody who I want to be in business with? Mm-hmm. So I think from that perspective, it's also a way of, of kind of uh, screening and, but also not screening for free, right? Like you're going to get the commission ultimately. And then you decide, do I want to be in business with these people or not? So yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's a, a good model. And so just tell me in order for people to like uh, learn more about this and delve in global investor mm-hmm. agent is the book that they should check out on Amazon. Do you have a website or some other place like, uh, you know, sure. an online course or something that people can take to learn about this? Sure. The, uh, the, there's, there's actually two sites that we're combining. The reason there's two sites was because we, the first one was primarily focused on the investor. Then that's called, you can actually find it two different ways. You can key in myinvestmentservices.com or search for Google real estate with Gary Wilson.com. And then there's really easy, low barriers to entry. There's five or six little mini books, like five, 10 page books, just to give you like a primer. And if you want to pursue further, you can always do that. You can also come on to our Monday Night Live classes at 7 p.m. Eastern every Monday. It's investors and agents, both from around U.S. and Canada. Okay. You can participate in that. None of that costs any money. And you can also get on what we call our members area free for 30 days. And there, if you do that route, my suggestion is, and the creator, so I'm giving you permission, you can literally go on there and download everything, copy everything in the 30 days. You got to eat all the material. You know, it's, it's funny that you can do that, but you can. And that way you don't have to pay. There's like a $50 monthly fee if you stay part of the group after the 30 days. But, you know, it's well daytime stamp the podcast. So it's, you know, a month and a half before Christmas. So treat it as a present for yourself. At least get a couple of the books. There's, I've written eight books. Now, that's a lot of the content is training material. Lots of the, um, there's training programs. Uh, now eight books again. You can also go to YouTube, Real Estate with Gary Wilson, and I think there's now over 300 videos out there, different playlists on wholesaling. A lot of folks don't think you can wholesale in Canada. You actually can. I know agents that actually wholesale in Canada, which is crazy, but that's what they do. But you can learn about flipping, buying rentals, managing rentals, uh, commercial. We get in the commercial. Um, that's all in there. Then if you go to globalinvestoragent.com, you can select agents based on where they are to serve you as an investor. And if you are an agent, I highly encourage you to click on the learn more button because right now you're Canada in both Quebec and Ontario, so you're going through a little bit of a dip. This is a great time to build those relationships with the investors, guys. I couldn't, couldn't emphasize that anymore. It doesn't cost you a dime. Just click on the learn more button and uh, you can learn a little bit more about what it takes to be an investor agent. It's not that difficult. 
it's just you have to have that desire, be teachable, you know, be, be coachable and have the desire to learn about investing. That's really the, the, the two main things, you know, plus, mm -hmm. the, plus the YouTube channel. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess that's a good segue also, like, so you also have uh, a podcast. Tell yeah. me a little bit about the podcast. So how is this the same or different from what you're already doing? Um, and, and where can people uh, tune into that? Sure. What's really interesting is uh, we branded it almost two years ago. It used to be called Real Estate Investing for Professional Men and Women, which is a too long of a title. But the key is we learn that people who already own businesses and, and or are professionals and that most people are in their fields generally were uh, more teachable and coachable and more ambitious. They were entrepreneurial. But what we recognized is we were attracting all these agents because the agents wanted to know how these people were thinking. How do real investors think? How do they act? What do they say? So they can serve them because they know it's if you're a smart agent and you do it the right way, you realize you're going to make way more money with investors than you ever will with inner occupants. You know, it's just most agents don't think that way. So in any case, um, we branded it the massive passive cash flow method. And the reason is, is we recognize how many investors were actually doing what I did, which was I started my own brokerage, then I started my own property management company, then I started my own appraisal company, my own title company, and all these businesses that serve the one client who is the investor. And I didn't have to market for all those clients. I marketed one time to get the client and I served them multiple ways. So that's why I came up with a massive passive cash flow method. I was making money four or five different ways for every one client. And it's so easy because it's all related. In any case, as you might imagine, we attracted even more agents because they're thinking, well, gee, I can start a brokerage because I've already got my license. And now we probably have half the listeners are, are probably agents, you know? So uh, it's all evolved over time. And uh, people, when they get involved, they start participating. It really starts to resonate because it's a community. I mean, we've got people in 30 different countries now, you know, listening to the podcast, jumping on the Monday Night Live class. It's all that part's all open. You don't have to pay anything for that, guys. You just get in, log in at will, stay as long as you want, meet people, get contact information. You know, I just treat it as like an open forum because I benefit more that way. I've learned that if I do that, it's abundance minded thinking. I actually win more. Mm. Whereas before I was a typical, you know, me, 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 my, my mind, you got to pay me for everything. That's crazy. You know, be part of a community where you're not under that pressure and then you get participate at the level you want. And if you decide you want to invest in, in coaching and lead generation, then often just speak up because nobody's going to pressure you. Different type of a platform to do that. Because I, I came out of the old way. I never did like the old way anyways. The hard sell, pay me for this, pay me for that. That's just not necessary. You don't have to do that. I'm living proof. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah, I think that's going to be music to a lot of people's ears because I think the whole, you know, cold calling, a hard sell kind of a thing, especially when you mention, oh, you know, be a real estate agent, like people associate that with like, you know, having your face oh, yeah, on yeah. a, on a billboard and like the having to do crossing. a lot of that exactly kind of like obnoxious <laughs> thing, you know, with various Instagram posts or whatever. Anyway, yeah. so we're getting uh, just to, to the end of the interview. And I have mm -hmm. uh, one more question that I want to ask you kind of our finale question. So uh, what should we be talking about in our industry that we're not talking about? What theme, what subject, what thing do people not say in this yeah. milieu that they should? You know, well, here's, I'm going to let my philanthropist come out. <laughs> so, you know, I've been in this business for now, it'll be 37 years, January 5th, 2023. You know, which is also my birthday, by the way. And over the years, I realized I learned how to make money well, build business and make money. It's just the gift I was born with. And I can teach others how to do it. The challenge was, is I was never thinking about those whose mindset was not, they just be, just weren't 
in a position mentally, emotionally, spiritually to be able to participate in this world of abundance. So I created something called the Healing House Foundation. And what we do is we raise funds to provide for those who are in need of housing in like an immediate way. And uh, it's not only a way for us to give back, but you know, it allows us to maintain our communities in a healthy way. Because let's face it, you know, you're as a society, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So why not help people? I don't just give them a fish, by the way. I actually do, you know, coach them, teach them, preach to them, everything I can do to lift them up, you know, lift them up as the tide rises, so rise all ships. So the biggest need right now as a result of me doing that is affordable housing. I know a lot of investors don't want to hear this because they oh, no, affordable housing. Well, let me tell you, wherever there's a need or a challenge, you can make a profit. So think of it this way, serve first and you shall prosper as a result. So we are really looking seriously at building community, I'm sorry, affordable housing. Land is becoming like the new gold. So it's become a lot more expensive in both of our countries, right? But the reality is, is, you know, there's a need out there. Why not provide it? You know, and you'll be rewarded as a result. So I always like to say, instead of fighting what's happening, learn what's happening and figure out how to jump in and paddle downstream and go with the flow. It's going to turn, guys. The economy is going to turn again. You know, we just, just a fact of life and business. So you'll be able to get back to the luxury houses here if you're into that thing too. I've done that too. You make good money doing that, by the way. You know, beautiful homes, rent for more and appraise more over time. So, <laughs> you know, you'll have more capital appreciation, uh, highly, highly leverageable. So in any case, um, uh, what I'm getting at is go with the flow. If there's a need, serve the need. It just so happens right now, the need is for affordable housing. And it does solve a societal problem in, in both of our countries, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's also kind of my pet uh, pet subject right now. It's the subject of my next book uh, yeah. is oh, really, cool. what, yeah, yeah, really what's going on with, uh, you know, as gentrification and like housing, housing mm -hmm. prices go up, be it purchasing or, or rental prices, what that does in terms of how it squeezes people on the ground. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what are the creative solutions? What are the contradictions that come out of that? I mean, I'm also just without, you know, we we're kind of running out of time, but I'm just wondering, like, could you maybe give me like a 30 second pitch on like, how exactly do you do this? So you started this foundation. What exactly concretely does the foundation do? Like, what do you do with the money that yeah. you collect? So it, the initial vision was to, for us to buy houses, remodel them, and put them in the service in the communities where there was a need for housing, the emergency or temporary housing, mainly for people who struggle with drug or alcohol addiction. You know, it's, it's I mean, I'll admit it fully, it's, it's in my family. I witnessed it in, in two or three occasions with family members. And finally, I realized, you know what, instead of me fighting it, I'm going to try to, to, to serve. So it's, I, I used to fight the people. And what I realized is you've got to love your family members, love your brother, love your sister, love your granddad, fight the disease, right? So we can create these homes, we can build these homes or remodel these homes away from the environment that got them into trouble to begin with. Mm -hmm. so if you don't do that, addicts will go right back to where they came from and they'll get it right back exactly what they were doing. So you got to solve that by shepherding them from that environment. We create what's called a healing house. Well, the healing house grew over time. What we recognize is there's more than this, that group of people that need help. I mean, women who are leaving an abusive relationship and they have children, where do they go? Where well, they can go to a healing house. You know, veterans coming back from service who just have mental disorders, they get, they have, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, for example, and they're depressed and they can't even function. So we need to provide them housing. So now what we do is this is really neat concept. Every area and every family has different needs. So what we thought was, let's just give them a point where they can donate the money and they have voting power on how that money is used in the community. So you actually, we actually determine how we're going to dispense the funds. 
So we've actually given funds group called, um, um, I think it's called Hope Lives down in Haiti, where they desperately need housing. So we can build a home there for 5,000 American dollars. So we'll take some of our money, earmark it and send it down there to help them. But mostly it's local. So someone is, is, you call up, you email, whatever contacts us. So you know what? My brother needs help desperately. He's, unfortunately, he's fallen into the alcohol addiction. He's lost his family. You know, we don't know what to do with him. You know, bring him on board. We'll help him out temporarily. Um, and I will preach to them. I mean, I mean that in not just theoretical, but a practical way. You can't help everybody. But the only way to know who you can help is to try. So it's a famous saying, nobody can help everybody, but everybody can help somebody. So that's what this is all about. Even if you're one person, help them out for three months. That may be exactly what they need because we want to teach people how to fish. We don't want to just keep giving fish because then you create dependency, right? But sometimes, guys, people just need a fish. They need to eat so that you can actually have them be healthy. They can serve and they can be productive employees and learners and stuff like that. So it's really both. You got it. Sometimes you just got to give people a fish, but put them in an environment where you can also teach them how to fish. You know, do that. And I think you'll do a great service for people. You know, it's near and dear to my heart, obviously. It's actually in the book. The last section of the book, Global Investor Agent, is devoted to telling the story of how the Healing House Foundation came about. And by the way, all proceeds from the book, every except for shipping and handling, all the proceeds go to Healing House Foundation. Me and the other people that work for it are all 100% volunteers. We don't take a salary at all, you know? Wow. When we finish this recording, I'm going to go out and buy a copy of that. That's super interesting. And I feel like I'm going to have to, uh, I think if you're in Virginia, I'm going to have to come down and actually, you know, get down to brass tacks and see how you do this, because I think it's, a, you okay. know, it's a great concept. And there is such a, you know, I, my contact is Montreal is in this, the urban setting here. There's just mm -hmm. so much need for that kind of thing. And to, you know, understand how to do that, I think it would be really interesting. So Gary, I want to thank you for sharing this time with me, uh, taking the time to explain all of this to our listeners. Um, I know I sure found it interesting and got some value out of it. What's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to learn more? Sure. Um, really, if you go to um, globalinvestoration.com, whether you're an investor or an agent or you're already both, just click on the learn more button or scroll to the bottom and it's just a contact me. You actually get either Beverly or me. Beverly's my right hand a person. And I actually do. I'm the one that actually speaks with you. You can set up a call. It would call it a strategy call just to have an initial talk, a conversation and see, you know, you know where you are and how you want to get to, to where you want to be. And I do that every single day. That's the best way. I'll give you my personal email, by the way, is Gary, G-A-R-Y at R-E-W-G-W dot com. So you can email me directly. But going to the site, though, it's like name, phone number, email. It's guaranteed they get to me. Sometimes I notice spam blockers. I don't get stuff. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Even people that work for me, their emails are blocked sometimes. You know, So the best way is, the most secure way is just use that online form. Just go to globalinvestoration.com. Click on learn more and you'll just type in your contact info and then uh, we'll set up a call. Easy as that. And then uh, make one half hour call may be exactly what you need to get one question answered or one strategy you know, clarified for you to help you, make, help you do more investing and make more money. Thank you, Gary, for spending this time with me. Have a great You're day. You're welcome. Thank you, Terry. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. 
JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.